0: Hello, you are listening to episode 57 of Keep Blooming. I'm your host, Liz Montigny. This one is for all the moms with littles who may be Really feeling the harder parts of mothering. Know that Our Lady is your lifeline. My guest is Michelle Knott, a mom of five kids, ages six and under, and one little saint lost to miscarriage. She's a blogger, and you can visit her site at raising small things with Great On this podcast, we cover Michelle's journey with postpartum depression, how children teach us humility how creativity helps us heal, and how our ladies are lifeline through the hardships and joys of motherhood. This isn't too much of a spoiler alert, but I want to share that since we recorded this interview, Michelle's image of Our Lady of Guadalupe was created by an artist friend of hers and appears on Michelle's Instagram. So check the show notes for that link. Let's get growing and keep blooming. Tired of overthinking your next step? Do you want simple steps to level up your mind, body, and spirit? Or maybe you need some inspiration to reach your goal? Then you've tuned into the right podcast. This is Keep Blooming, and I'm your host, Liz Montigny. Each week, I'll encourage you to drop the hustle mentality for hope and act on the dreams God has put on your heart. Like you, I'm doing all the things as a Catholic, a wife, a mom to three boys, and a licensed Ziegler coach. So let's get growing and keep blooming. Hello, my lovely listeners. Welcome to this episode of Keep Blooming. I'm your host, Liz Montigny. Today, I am speaking with Michelle Knott. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, Michelle is a stay-at-home mom of five children, ages six and under, and one little saint lost to miscarriage. She is passionate about fitness mental health, and writing for her blog. She survives on prayers for patience, lots of coffee, and good books. Oh, you got to be careful about praying for patience, Michelle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've learned that one the hard way.
0: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right? Anything to add to that?
1: Um, I mean, that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I mean, you know, five kids keeps me busy. Three of them are in school all day long, so I get to have my two younger ones home with me that that's been a little fun having more one-on-one time with them but that that's pretty much it it keeps me keeps me pretty busy
0: <laughs> yeah I would say so yeah and that is so key uh, getting that one-on-one time and get getting to know them a little bit more outside of their siblings I yes. hear you. and listeners you know um I love to do a little abbreviated Lexio Divina before our conversation and I've been asking my guests to pick their favorites and uh, michelle has picked isaiah forty one ten. do not fear i am with you do not be anxious i am your god i will strengthen you i will help you i will uphold you with my victorious right hand i love that it's so comforting and strong like has how has this been a part of your journey
1: so um i suffered from postpartum depression with my fourth pregnancy I had my daughter in November. And then that January, um, my husband had to leave for military training and he was gone for about seven and a half months. So we were living separately. I was at home with the four young ones, uh, two month old is the youngest one, dealing with postpartum depression and then taking care of all those kids. So I was struggling. I was not in a good place mentally. And there's just one day I was on the couch in tears looking through my Bible and I Googled, you know, what are the best verses for anxiety? And this one came up and I looked at it and it was just, it was perfect for that moment. And there was a song at the time, I can't remember who it's by or what exactly it's called, but there was a line in it that said, just be held. And that's what I wrote in my Bible next to this verse is just be held. So letting, letting God kind of hold you while you're not strong because he, he is your strength especially in those times of weakness and in times of struggles.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And I think too, so many of us can struggle with not letting him hold us. Yes. You know, and especially just hearing like, Hey, you're be you're, you're basically a single mom at that point, right. With little ones and dealing with, with all, um, these struggles and crosses and i could imagine there was probably a lot of pressure on you to just figure it out right
1: yes that was not an easy time um that was also kind of post covid my daughter was born in 2020 and mm-hmm. so you know the whole year after everyone was recovering but things still weren't back to normal so i had already been kind of isolated from community at that time um yeah. the year before due to covid and then going into my husband being gone and my kids at the time I think the oldest would have been almost four and then youngest was a two-month-old so other than you know going to preschool we didn't get out much so I didn't see anyone I wasn't really able to interact with everyone I just had to basically help these kids survive for seven and a half months yeah
0: yeah so yeah that that part was hard you're sitting there you're crying and you have anxiety was, was the anxiety something that was there before all of this?
1: Oh no. I have always been an anxious person hmm. mm-hmm. just ever, ever since I was little, I I'd worry about everything. I still do <laughs> it's yeah. something I'm working on. You know, there,
0: there's something so important about community and accompaniment, especially I think, especially when the kids are little, um, yeah. it's when they're little. Um, like you said, we're keeping them alive at <laughs> the time to yeah. survive, and sometimes it can be really hard to see the fun in the joy when you're kind of like the wrangler,
1: right? Well, oh, that's exactly how I felt. That yeah, feeling joyful during those times. Um, that that was something I really struggled with. Well, my blog is named after Mother Teresa. It's called raising small things with great love. It's kind Mm. of a take on her do small things with great love. Yeah. I remember during that time, I'd look at some of her quotes about finding joy and everything. And I'd almost feel angry just like, but, but I like, why, why should I (laughs) life? Life is so hard right now. Why should I feel joy? Mm. But then, you know, um, reading her story also helped me though, because, um, if you look more into her life, she had the dark night of a soul where she could not feel the presence of God and yeah. she struggled with that for years and years. Yeah. And yet she still always went around with a smile, served others and was joyful. I mean, no one had any idea that she was struggling this until after her death when those letters were discovered and shared yes. with the public. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, being joyful does make a difference. It's definitely a challenge. Yeah. But it does make a difference.
0: I remember reading that about Mother Teresa and just being like blown away because of just her her charity, her love, and also her just her obedience. I mean, imagine imagine the amount of obedience when you're having the dark night of the soul. I I mean, that's incredible faith. And so I think it's so You know, wonderful that you were able to find a saint that, you know, you could draw from. And I'm wondering, you know, obviously that helps, right? To read about other people's struggles and, you know, but they still persevered and and so forth. Was your faith the big primary thing that got you through those times or were there other things that you tried?
1: I always was thankful that I had my faith because I I just thought of all the other women who struggled with that, with postpartum depression, isolation, or even, you know, anyone who struggled with that and they didn't have faith as a background. I mean, they could go somewhere really, really dark Mm. and that my faith is, you know, what, what kept me being, feeling hope. I I mean, without it, I, I don't know what where I would be Mm -hmm. so that that definitely was um was something that helped me get through that time also I did have people um where my kids went to preschool was where I used to work I used to work as a preschool assistant teacher there and so I let them know what was going on in case they saw kind of a a change in behavior from my son who was going there because you know his dad was going to be gone for a long time So yeah. they knew what was going on. And um, the first day that he had left, I I got asked by his teachers, you know, can we make you dinner? And so they made dinner for us and for our family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there there were still people checking in on us. There were still people yeah. taking care of us. Mm-hmm. And that also made a huge difference too. Community really helps at that time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it certainly sounds like it. And that takes some guts too, right? To sit there and be like, hey, this is what's going on. And that's really like vulnerable to put yourself out there in that space. But look what happened, you know, people, people helped. And and so I think it's actually so smart and so brave of women when they are suffering to sit there and ask for help. It's not easy to ask for help.
1: (laughs) No, it's not. And I mean, I've I've struggled with my mental health for a while. Like I said, I've always been an anxious child. And there are times in college where I probably should have seeked out therapy. And I, I didn't because, you know, I always had this idea, like, no, I have to be strong. Like I, mm-hmm. I can get through this. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to talk to anyone. When I, when I had um, my depression episodes with uh, when I was pregnant with my fourth, I could see a shift in my mood. Mm. um and it comes out you know depression doesn't always come out as just these feelings of sadness you know it can come out as rage and -hmm. it can come out in so many different ways and that's what was happening to me I I felt like a monster I felt like uh the Mr. Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde yeah yeah, yeah. thank you and that's how I feel you know it could be anything that would just set me off and then I would yell and I I I couldn't stand myself because I felt like a monster and so that's kind of where I realized, look, I I have to I have to get help because I need to be there for my kids. And I can't be there for my kids if I can't, if I'm not well. So that's when I finally talked to the doctor and just like, look, I, I'm struggling. And so I was able to get in to see a therapist at that point, And I'm still with the same therapist. Um, I got on some medication to help me through that, that time period. And that helped me then too. Mm. So it, it does it takes a lot of courage but also a lot of humility and i think that's that's one thing parenthood teaches you is humility
0: oh my goodness isn't that so true and you know at the time we're recording this i've actually been really meditating on the litany of humility and i've actually been praying it with my husband and wow is does that just cut you right into into pride and trust and everything so you know i I love what you're saying in, in, in that, you know, you used all the resources that are available to you. Oh, it's, it's so easy to turn inward, but you reached out and, and that seems to have made a huge difference. Now you're, so you have this blog and you write regularly is writing part of the healing process or is it just, you know, creative outlet, like, you know, when you want some mom time you're like hey i'm going to go write like what did how did this come about
1: um kind of all the above you know when i when i first wanted to create a blog um we were we were living in a smaller house my family was slowly you know getting bigger and i was thinking of ways you know how how can i make some money to help our family and i had heard about blogs and thought i could do that but when i started writing it's like something clicked and I just really connected more to my faith through writing, so it's i I feel like it's a charism that I have is writing writing about my faith, but it's also a way for me to process what happened. You know, I wrote about my experience with depression. My therapist really encouraged me to write about it and share about it, and so that was a huge step to. You know, it's one thing to seek help and talk to someone individually. And then it's another thing to write about it and share it on the internet. Absolutely. Yeah, that that was huge. But I've actually had people reach out to me and talk to me about that. Or um, I've also shared about my miscarriage and my experience with that as well. I've had people reach out to me saying, you know, well, I had a miscarriage too, you know, what should I do? So I, I feel like in a way it it it's nice because then people say, Oh, well, I'm not alone. I'm I'm not going through all these things by myself. So it's it's a way to have community too. So I, I've been able to meet people through writing as well, if that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. And 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 it helps you to know that you are not alone, right? It's not yes. just your reader, <laughs> yes. right? It, it goes both ways. Yeah, it goes both ways. So that's fantastic. And so there's two phrases in the Bible. The first, be not afraid, is in the Bible, I think about 365 times I read, Oh well. right? One for each day of the year, right?
1: Yes. But
0: then a, a close second to that phrase is one another. And I mean, that's why we're here, right? Yes. You know, we're here to lift one another up and pray for one another and support one another. And Uh, It's easy to forget that in the kind of culture we're in. So when you created this blog, did you have any goals in mind with it? Or was it just, you know, like an outlet for
1: you? At first it was an outlet. And um, I'd also hoped it would reach more people. Because I mean, you know, when I started it, I was hoping to help my family financially. And it was quickly found out that's probably not going to (laughs) happen as easy as I had hoped. But I feel like it can be easy to turn something that was just an outlet, a creative, um, a creative way to process and to think, and then to help other people, and then look at the statistics and be like, "Well, why am I not reaching people? Why, why is this not taking off?" And it kind of lets um, the outside influencer goals a- affect that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a fine line between. Okay, is this what God is asking of me, or is this what the world wants of me? Yeah, and so that's something I've struggled with too. and I'm not i'm I'm definitely still struggling um at times with that, but you know, for a while, I, I kind of had to take a step back and especially when life gets a little bit busier, I'm not as consistent with writing on it unless I feel like something has moved me to write and then then I'll write about that topic. Mm-hmm. so that, that's something that, um, and I've been trying to work on too. So if I catch myself getting too caught up with, well, why didn't this do well? It's like, wait, take right. a step back. Is this, is this where I'm supposed to go?
0: And that detachment that can be very hard because like you say, yes. you know, what the Lord wants and what the world wants are two different things. Yes. And if, like you said, if you're not kind of checking in with yourself, you know, Hey, why am I doing this? You know, is it for the glory of God or is it because, you know, right. I, I was going to be cool or something. Right. You know? Yes. So I think that's really important that you, you do do that check-in and that's not easy to do either. You know, you, no, you have to sit there <laughs> and self reflect and, and be honest with yourself. And, and that's something I talk about a lot in my coaching is just to, to take the time for that self-awareness Speaking of time, how are you doing this with the littles? <laughs>
1: um, well, now um, I, my older three are at school full day. So I have a little bit more time and uh, the younger two nap at the same time for the most part. So nice. um, we're still kind of getting used to new routines and I'm having to kind of squeeze a little bit here, a little bit there. Mm. Um. Usually my kids have quiet time at the same time, even if they don't nap, we, we still make them have some quiet time. So I'm able to go downstairs and write a little bit, but it's definitely hard. You know, you kind of have to make it a discipline at times, like even, Mm -hmm. even days when you don't feel like you should, maybe, maybe at least, you know, write one word or write, write a sentence.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So that's that's one thing that I've been kind of struggling with. I took some time off over the summer. Uh, we were traveling and then get out of routines. So then you have to get back into routine. For me, I I try to keep it as part of my routine because I know I thrive on routine. Yeah. But that's yeah. one thing I'm trying.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. And what I'm hearing is you're you're working it into the pockets of yes. your life. But at the same time, like you said, having that routine, even if you just write a sentence, Right. That is keeping a commitment with yourself. And that's not always easy to do because it's very easy to brush off and be like, oh, I'll get to it. But then all of a sudden two weeks go by and you're not doing it. I think that's important for others to hear too, whether it's because you have a lot of littles or just you have very, you know, you're being pulled into many different directions for whatever reason. You know, if you're if you've made the choice to commit to something. It does have to be a part of almost your every day, even, even just a little bit. So thanks for sharing that. And I know we're, we're airing this in, in December and there's so many beautiful things happening in December. And in one of them, one of the feasts I love is Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I know you mentioned, uh, she is significant for you. I can imagine why, but I would love to hear, uh, what the story is there.
1: I'm a cradle Catholic, but I feel like I had a reversion to the faith. There was a retreat I went on when I was working at that preschool I had mentioned earlier. Um, another teacher there told me about it, encouraged me to come. So I did. And my eyes were opened. It just, how much more I could be doing to grow in my faith. And so it was after that um, I started praying or attempting to pray a daily rosary. I don't know if you've heard of the um, Instagram group, Many Hail Marys at a Time. Um, my sister told me about them. They usually pray a live rosary. It was on Instagram, and then I think they switched to YouTube. I think so. so I, yeah. I prayed with them um, consistently and got got introduced to more Catholics on Instagram that way. Um, and it was just really, really neat to hear all of their stories And they also talked about a program they had, it was called hail 15. So basically encouraging you to kind of do a mini retreat filled with, you know, fasting and praying the rosary journaling and just lots of reflection. And it was during that time I had a dream and I saw, uh, it was kind of like a black and white image of Mary. She didn't have, I couldn't see her face, but I could see that she was wearing a veil. And it was lots of different shapes, I think maybe triangles, but the one that stuck out to me were the stars. And I woke up and was like, I want to find out which which version of Mary that was. And so for a while, I was thinking it was Stella Marie. And then I was talking to my sister and she was like, no, Michelle, I think that's Our Lady of Guadalupe. And so Mm -hmm. then I look her up and she's the uh, patron saint of the unborn, which actually made sense because in my dream... She, her hand was extended and she was holding a rosary that was acting as an umbilical cord to an unborn baby.
0: Oh my goodness, how beautiful.
1: Mm. And so I was taking time to really kind of reflect on, you know, what what does this image mean? And for a while I was thinking maybe I need to do something more with the unborn and speak up about life. And then it was shortly after that I found out I was pregnant with my fourth. So I got a little nervous, just like, well, my I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I didn't share anything about it until till after I I had given birth to her. But um that that image has stuck with me. And it was when I had my miscarriage um later on, I miscarried our fifth about two years ago. It was um two Septembers ago actually. Mm. So um the rosary played a huge huge role in my life then and I saw something on Instagram someone had said you know holding a rosary is like holding Mary's hand and that made me think of that image you know Mary Mary's our lifeline yes yes and so I had to go in by myself at that time my husband was watching the other kids and that's when I received confirmation that our baby had passed but I was holding on to a rosary in my hand so Mary was there and -hmm. that's when I offered up our baby to her and um My in-laws were very, very nice and understanding. And they had told us that the shrine that they lived close to um, offers a burial service. They have a memorial to the unborn. And so they were able to get us a spot. And that's where we buried our baby. Mm
0: -hmm. And the
1: shrine is Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine.
0: Look at that. Look how she lined all that up for you. I mean, she, you know, she kind of prepared you with this image of, I have I have you and I have that baby and and every baby, right? Yes. And how beautiful to think of the rosary as an umbilical cord. I mean, yes. that's really stunning. You know, she's always such the good mother. She's so gentle. She's just I I don't know the loss of a child. I can imagine and just hearing your story having that image ahead of time and then being able to connect it with what happened of course there's there's sadness and sorrow and and that happened to you during the month of the sorrowful mother yes well in September so what a gift I imagine it's probably hard to see it as a gift uh when you're going through it or, or processing it but that's just that's just really amazing you know it's how hopeful
1: Yes. And the the thing I found about that image of Mary, too, is the, the way I see it changes throughout life experiences, too. You know, it meant something different to me uh, at that time. It meant something different when I was struggling with uh, depression before I had um, my miscarriage. It meant something different after. And even today, as I was reflecting on it, you know, it I had that right before I found out I was pregnant with my fourth, uh, my daughter, Shiloh. And um we're we're going through some some things with her right now um that have been very challenging. And so now I see that image in a new light because she's she's there protecting her too.
0: oh wow this is wonderful it now is that something have you ever thought about creating that image?
1: I tried to draw it out the best I can, but I'm yeah. not the best artist but yeah, yeah no, I'd yeah. love yeah. to I'd love to. I'd love to eventually create it and be able to share it with others because I know it's it's been a consolation for me and I would hope that it would help others as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. How beautiful that that image has meant different things as time goes on, but it's always a constant. Yeah. I love Our Lady of Guadalupe as well for many reasons. Uh, we have a... Um, a print of, you know, her image in our living room that my mother uh, had. And something that I always loved about that image is how big her mantle is, how long it is, and like, yes. it's like bold and, you know, and depending on what image you see, ours is kind of faded at this point, but depending on what image you see, the color of her mantle is like nothing I've ever seen before it's like not a color that you can recreate. It's like really hard like yes. in my mind. and and just the um what that means and how, you know, if she were to extend that, how much it would cover and how much of us it would cover. So there's so many just things there about her in that image and of course if you're not familiar with it, uh, for those of you listening, please go look it up. There's so many amazing things about it. It's been studied. It's like a living image. You can look inside her eye and you know, see reflections of people. Um, I think, is it somewhere on her, the constellation of, of the date? like
1: oh I I don't know if I heard that one but yeah yeah, it wouldn't surprise me yeah right
0: exactly there's just there's (laughs) so much there it's absolutely fascinating so if Mary is new to you or you're not familiar with Our Lady of Guadalupe I really encourage you to, to look up all the amazing things about it when you write is it about these kinds of connections you know in faith is it more about your family tell us about that
1: I kind of write based on what inspires me in the moment, I guess. Um, you know, sometimes I'll I'll have stuff planned out, which is like, oh well, I'd I'd really like to share about an up, just a life update. You know, I can write about my kids and my experiences with them. Um, I'm a runner, so lots of times I'll do my thinking when I run. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, if if something like if a song I had listened to um, kind of uh, affected, created a thought, and then I'd have to write it down. So I've written stuff like that. I've written um, about books that my family has read. I'm also a contributing writer for Catholic Moms. So lots of times resources are sent my way and I'm able to read them to my kids or read them myself. So I can share about those too. But I mean, anything that I read or listen to, or just think about that I'm able to connect to my faith. That's that tends to be what what I write about or um you know I'll, I'll share my struggles too. I've written about my miscarriage, I've written about uh, my struggles with depression, mental health, um or even what it's like just raising so many kids so close together. Right.
0: Right. Yes. Yes. You brought up um you know the littles and and you know how close they are. I know that you you struggled with um, you know, depression and anxiety and finding that joy, you know, there's a faith piece of course. Okay. And that can't be discounted. And that's such an important piece, but were there some also like some really simple, practical things that, that you've done over the years to be like, no, this is, this is fine. This is they're little, and this is fun. What, what are some of those things?
1: walks <laughs> We <laughs> okay. lots and lots of walks
0: yeah yeah I think,
1: um there there's something there's something about going outside that kind of helps clears the mind
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and it lets them let out energy <laughs> um so I would just get all the kids in a stroller uh put one in a carrier if I had to bring our dog and we just go for a walk and I mean you know it, if it took us a while it took us a while They'd stop. They'd find a dandelion, you know, or they they collect them for me, or I'd say that they could collect them for Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, so lot lots of walks, <laughs> we've yeah. done lots of walks, and that helps. And I think just also knowing your kids helps mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Lots of people suggest, oh, you know, you can take them to the the library reading time. They have story hour, and that works really well for some families it doesn't work for my family. (laughs) My kids have so much energy and they can't sit still for the story hour. And my, my fourth Shiloh, you know, she, she struggles with speech and understanding. So for her, she, she gets overwhelmed in rooms as well, full, Mm -hmm. full of people. And she just likes to explore. Mm -hmm. So for her, it's more of taking her to the library so that she can run in the kid area. They have an amazing kid section in our library filled with toys And coloring, and she can just run around there and do her own thing. Yeah. And it keeps her entertained. I'm not stressed about keeping her sitting still and disrupting from the other class. So that's what works for our family. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, splash pads in the summer. That will work too, or just anywhere that's kind of open so they can run (laughs) where I don't have to worry about them going into the street and basically just having. Kind of having a game plan and being comfortable enough in the environment
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that's at least that's that's what works for us and i think kind of understanding your kids and knowing how they respond to um to different different places different situations plays a huge huge factor in just being able to make it through the day and also just knowing you're gonna have bad days like that yeah. bad days are there And and you know, they're, they're what they are. It doesn't mean every day is going to be a bad day.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I love what you said about what works for your family. You know, I remember when our kids were younger, you know, I finally got to this point where I was like, that doesn't work for us. And you, like you said, I I can't set myself up for us to fail. Like, this is not, you know, what we want to do with our days. Yes. For anyone listening who's kind of in that hard season with the littles, and it's hard. Like, let's admit that it's hard. Okay. It is. Um, it is. And don't be afraid to come out and say, hey, no, uh, this is nap time, we're staying home. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like and everything's not an obligation. You don't have to say yes to every little thing that comes that comes around. And I think that is really key about what works for your family and of course outside there's so many so many amazing benefits of just you know being you know outdoors for everyone you know yeah 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 and just appreciating being outside and the sun and you know everybody getting rejuvenated and like you said the space so I can really identify with what you're saying there my my children are older now um a 13 year old 11 and 10 so I'm moving into a different season yeah um, but when I think back on it you know it's funny it's um kids have asked me about certain things here and there oh what did we do for this there are some things I cannot even remember because we were just
1: in it <laughs> you know I was well, like, hey, I'm looking if I I it remember what we did yesterday so I mean yeah. <laughs>
0: So it's okay to say that motherhood is hard, yeah
1: the the one thing about motherhood, you know, everyone tells you it's it's about setting expectations for your kids. It's not. It's about letting go of your own expectations for your kids mm-hmm. and figuring out who they are and where where they're going and mm-hmm. letting them kind of, you know, with rules and boundaries, obviously. but, You have to let go of those, the pressure and your high expectations. Cause I I know I have high expectations going into motherhood and you know, they all crumbled.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. It's never what you think. And I think that brings us back to, we were talking about before detachment in humility and oh my goodness, my kids have taught me so much of that, whether I liked it or not, you know? So I think that is important and, and they're their own people. And there have certainly been times when I have been like, you know, God, you made these people. (laughs) You need to be in charge of them right now. Um, Open yourself up to that surrender. Absolutely. I'm glad we touched on the hard parts of motherhood because I feel like you're scrolling or you're hearing from people or whatever. And it's, it's all glorious and Pinterest perfect. And
1: it's like, um, not really. (laughs) Yeah. And that's yeah. not to say that there aren't those joyous times and mm-hmm. great times of motherhood too. But I mean, those aren't the ones talked about, right? <laughs> the hard exactly. times are the ones that are mentioned. So everyone's, the comparison game is hard too. Yes,
0: <laughs> it, is, it is. And it's, it's very much like Mary, right? She had these intense sorrows and these intense joys. And yes, that is motherhood so michelle bringing us back to our lexio Davina, and then i want to hear more about you know make sure we get to your website and, and all that good stuff so so again michelle had picked isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 do not fear i am with you do not be anxious i am your god i will strengthen you i will help you i will uphold you with my victorious right hand Thinking about this passage, definitely in terms of the joys of motherhood, super helpful. <laughs> yeah. So Michelle, tell us, how do we follow you?
1: Where do we go for all those things? So um, over on Instagram, that's probably the uh, social media I'm on the most. Um, you can just look up at not family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my actual blog is raising small things with greatlove.com And that's, that's my website. And then I'm also a contributing writer for uh, Mm CatholicMom.com, And my articles come out every third Wednesday of the month.
0: Oh, nice. So it's right over there as well. So friends, as always, that's in the show notes. So, so please go look for Michelle there and uh, you can, you can read her, her blogs and, and just get a, well, Michelle, this was a pleasure. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you so much for having me on and letting me, letting me talk. It's been fun. All right, listeners, let's
0: get growing and keep blooming. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Keep Blooming. Tune in every Wednesday for a dose of hope and encouragement. To be the first to know about my upcoming retreats and latest offerings, become an email subscriber at LizMontignyCoaching.com. Have a wonderful week and remember to keep blooming.